All right, everybody, welcome. And uh, let's get some uh, live Friday random boxing chat going here. We got a lot of information to talk about. Too much to wait for the neutral corner on Monday. By the way, uh, the neutral corner, those of you who forgot to hit that notification bell over at the Ring Digital, make sure you do that so you know when I go live. My guest next Monday will be former middleweight champion of the world, Kelly Pavlik. He'll be joining me on the show. So make sure you're subscribed over at the Ring Digital. Make sure you click on that notification bell. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be a fun show, man. But we got so much to talk about here. There's just a lot going on this week. I wanted to hit some of these news items. Uh, phone lines are open, so you guys can call in whatever, uh, whenever you want to on this chat. If you feel like calling in and talking about this stuff with me, cool. If not, we'll do it Monday on the Neutral Corner. Of course, we'll talk about it more on the Neutral Corner. But I figure it's Friday. I'm going to go ahead and crack a Peroni here. So uh, salute to everybody out there. And uh, I see a bunch of you guys on the chat. You guys hit the thumbs up. I appreciate that. My brother's on from Long Beach. What's up? We got Joel on here. Uh, Giuseppe's on here, Captain Hook Chronicles, or at least they were on the chat and then they left. Again, I started like half an hour later. I'm sorry, guys. It's just been a crazy week and a crazy day. Ah, yeah, first beer of the week. Okay. So let's start with the sad news, all right? Um, You guys that follow me on Twitter and on Facebook and everything, you saw me uh, post about this. But um, Nazim Richardson, uh, famed trainer out of Philadelphia passed away today. Uh, He's had health issues for a long, long time. He had a stroke in 2007 and that originally kind of kept him uh, out of training and everything, but he recovered, you know, as far as his motor skills go, he was a little slower getting around and stuff, but he recovered fully in, in that regard, but he's had illnesses and health issues for a long, long time. So, um, he passes, and this was just sad news or outpouring of support all over Twitter. I see everybody's tweeting about it. Everyone's talking about it. A lot of fighters talking about it. And so um, we've had two deaths in the boxing world, one tragic death last week with uh, Travel Maison, you know, died so young. But here, um, you know, in about the last week, we've had two two deaths in the sport of boxing. And I always, you know, during those times, I appreciate and enjoy how everybody kind of puts the beefs and the partisan bullshit aside and everybody kind of comes together, you know, in in the boxing family and and gives their uh, condolences and their thoughts. And that always shows me what uh, our community really is truly about. I mean, at the end, we all kind of come together and we recognize that this is a brotherhood, a sisterhood. It's uh, it's a it's a boxing family, right? So, um, anyway, thoughts with Nazim Richardson's family and the boxing family, because uh, that's that's a huge loss to the boxing world. Super chat pledge from Mark at Unrivaled Boxing Talk. What's up, man? He says uh, I finally admit, admit defeat at 27. I've given in and shaven my head clean. No more hairline fights and inner turmoil. Well, salute to you, Mark. <laughs> uh, I wish I could see a picture. You need to post a picture on Twitter. Post a picture of yourself with this shaved head so we could all see it and, and make fun of you a little bit. Because I'm imagining it's really, really white up there where you had some hair and there's a crazy, crazy uh, – you look like that ice cream. What's the ice – I can't think of what the hell it's called where there's different color ice cream. Anyway, yeah, look, my hairline used to be – 
those of you listening, you know, you can't, you won't see this, but it used to, this little corner here used to be lower. This little corner here used to be lower and it kind of just goes back <laughs> every single year. It goes back a little bit more. That's why I started doing this part right here. It was actually when I got my hair cut, um, like a month or so ago, the chick, uh, cutting hair she goes you know this haircut would look good for you because i can shave a part right where your hairline goes back and i was like oh cool all right so we can hide that shit and so far i think it's working what what you guys think of the fade i need to get some sun on my fade though because it's it's a little it's a little pale right now but um i i like the shaved part man she she literally put shaving cream right there took a blade and cut it so i thought that was dope and i mean the only problem is it fills in 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 a week you know, th- this will be filled in. My hair grows super fast, even at 41 years old, which I guess is a good thing. But, yeah, it, this part will be gone in a week. That's the only thing. When you get, like, a, a fade like this, you got to keep up on it. You know, every few weeks, you got to cut it. So, uh, <laughs> Mark, with another super chat, he says, looking very Metro, Mike. <laughs> uh Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I don't think I look that metro, all right? I got a little scruff on my face, all right? It's not like I – some guys wax their eyebrows and all this kind of stuff. Come on, man. It's not that bad. All right. Everyone and their mother is talking about uh, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr., right? So, obviously – uh, that broke the internet yesterday. I mean, that was trending number one on my Twitter. When I, I update my Twitter to uh, just see the United States trends. And that was the top on like the what's happening list on, on my Twitter feed. I can't tell you the last time boxing, just a just an announcement of a fight. It's not like this was a press conference or, you know, a, a fight result, a knockout, you know, something like that. It was just an announcement. Of an exhibition fight. Yeah. One of you guys in the chat says it's an exhibition fight. Exactly. It's just an exhibition fight. Yet, it trended on Twitter. So, let me talk about this for a second here. Uh, Look, on the surface, I would normally not like this. All right? You guys know I'm I'm about fighter safety. I don't like when people fight on too long. I don't want to see older guys come back and get hurt. Mike Tyson's 54. Roy Jones is 51. Now, Roy, I think he last fought in 2017 or 2018, I think. So it's it's only been a couple years. He has stayed, you know, in the gym and stuff. Tyson hasn't fought since 2005. And when he left, guys, go back and watch his fight with Kevin McBride, but watch the post-fight interview. He says he hates boxing. At that post-fight press conference, like later on that night, he kept saying it over and over. He's like, I, I, my heart isn't in boxing anymore. I, I don't love this sport anymore. I hate it. Right? That's pretty much what he said 15 years ago. Then he blew up in weight. He was over 300 pounds, I think, at one point. There was heavy drug use, you know, all kinds. Of, not just not just pot. I'm talking all kinds of stuff going on. There was a lot of demons. He's come back from that brink. It's, it's similar to Tyson Fury in a lot of respects, right? Uh, what he kind of went through, the up and down and weight and everything. So on the surface, I normally wouldn't like this, but this is an eight-round exhibition fight, and what this really, really, truly is, it was my man Kenny Keith on um, the Boxing Rant that kind of reminded me of this, because at first I was like, I don't like this fight, but he responded to me on Twitter. He goes, look, man, this is just a way for Tyson to pretty much announce his new company. I thought about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's all this is. This is a commercial 
a really, really big commercial to launch Tyson's new uh, company called Legends Only League. The Legends Only League. Where I don't know exactly what he's going to do with this thing, but it's not just former great boxers. It's former greats in all sports. Like just all-time great athletes that are like in their 50s or 60s. Maybe some in their 40s. I don't know. That's probably way too young. 50s and 60s. Bring them back and do like exhibitions and do events and stuff. So this is the launch of that company. This is just a big commercial for that. And then Tyson's cannabis company obviously is doing really well. And there's going to be lots of commercials for that too, right? So that's all this is. Don't get too excited about it. Don't get too worried about it. I don't think there's going to be any hard punches thrown in this fight. Talk to the California State Athletic Commission. I see a few of you guys asking about this in the chat. So it's an eight-round fight, 12-ounce gloves, no headgear. On the surface, that sounds like a real fight. However, however, no judges, no scoring, no winner. There will be no winner or loser to this fight. No judges are scoring it. There will be a referee. It's going to be Ray Corona. Uh, that's Ray Corona. That's right now. He's he's the guy. I guess the leading candidate to be the ref. So, and then it's going to be streamed on something called Triller, some app called Triller, which I guess is like a TikTok, a version of TikTok. I don't really know anything about Triller. I, I looked on their Twitter. They only have like fifteen thousand followers, and fifteen thousand followers for us that's a lot. But if you're this massive app that's going to spend tens of millions of dollars to stream this fight, I would think you'd have more followers than that. But maybe they're big on Instagram or something else. I don't know. I just checked Twitter. But apparently they're number one in India because TikTok was banned in India. Other than that, though, I don't know nothing. I don't know a damn thing about Triller. But that's who's going to stream this pay-per-view. So I don't know if Tyson has some sort of deal worked out with Triller behind the scenes or what. But that's what it is. So it's not like this is going to be on HBO or Showtime or anything like that. Uh, one of you guys in the chat asking, is Logan Paul on the undercard? Yes. Logan Paul, the YouTube guy, is fighting some former basketball player who I've never heard of. I haven't watched the NBA in a long time because it's dog shit these days. But uh, I, I guess this guy was in the NBA. I don't know if he's any good. But Logan Paul is going to fight some guy that was in the NBA. I have to think – the guy in the NBA, even if he's shit at boxing, is going to beat Logan Paul. That might actually be fun and entertaining because the Logan uh, – was it Logan Paul or the other I, – I, I can't remember the other Paul's name. Jake Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Jake Paul. Okay, Al W. in the chat. It's Jake Paul. It's the brother. Logan Paul fought uh, KSI, and that fight – was actually kind of fun, even though they they weren't very good. It was just kind of fun because they were actually trying to win. I was surprised, but I, I think that this fight with the uh, Jake Paul, I do not know who these freaking people are. Him and who was it? Nate Robinson. You guys are saying, I think they're actually going to fight. So that that fight might be kind of fun, but the Tyson Jones thing, that's literally just going to be two like legends. Not just legends of boxing, but I, I would call them legends of sport. I just use the word sport, meaning legends of all sports. These guys transcend boxing, right? So to see them in the ring kind of doing their thing and see them in shape, these two dudes in their 50s that are jacked as hell, I, I don't think there's going to be any drug testing or anything, no advanced drug testing, so who knows what the hell is going on. 
Tyson might be smoking up in the in a freaking locker room before he walks into the fucking ring. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be fun. But, like, do I think a real fight's going to break out? No. No. It, I don't think so. Mark in the chat says that Mike Tyson transcended sport. He's literally an icon. I completely agree. Guys, you know what? I get it. LeBron James sells a lot of T-shirts, blah, blah, blah. LeBron James is also extremely divisive, and half of America hates him, literally because of some of his politics and his hypocrisy, I should say. Not necessarily his political opinions. That's fine. It's his hypocrisy around them, right? So there's popular athletes out there, and Mike Tyson at one point was hated. He was polarizing, but right now, Mike Tyson's kind of beloved. And I got to say, he's probably one of the top 10 most famous people on earth, not just athletes, former athletes, people. He's one of the most famous people on earth. He moves the needle. There is a fascination with the guy. I don't always kind of understand it, but I guess it's because he literally is that street dude. He's, I've talked about this before. He's who Deontay Wilder tries to pretend he is and other guys before Wilder. Tyson's the real dude. He's that street guy. In fact, hey, I'm wearing a T-shirt. My man Pietro put this together. Arturo Gatti and Mike Tyson here on the T-shirt. He's that dude. And I think there's just a fascination with that that people have. And I think that's part of his mystique. His brand and his mystique is bigger, I think, than his ring accomplishments ever were. It's, It's transcended that. He's beyond boxing and even beyond sports at this point. I skipped over here. We got another super chat from Mark. Again with the super chat. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate it. He says, uh, I want to walk up to Mike Tyson before the fight and say, remember Burbick versus Ali? (laughs) Everyone's saying the same thing about you that they said about Ali. Do this for him. He will go in a a KO Roy in 30 seconds. Damn, dude, that's a hell of a good idea. Yeah, so before Mike Tyson's fight with Trevor Burbick, he was fuming. He was so pissed off. He wanted to go in there and tear Trevor Burbick a new asshole because Burbick, you know, what he had done to Ali. Tyson had so much admiration for Ali. He kind of went in there and avenged Ali, and that's why he went so hard at Burbick. So if somebody went in there and whispered in Tyson's ear something crazy, hey, who knows? The guy, you know, he can always kind of go off the rails. But look, this is going eight rounds. I think if you see a hard punch, it's going to be to the body. And these guys, they're pros. They know how to tip each other off. When If Roy Jones shoots a hard right, he's going to cock back that shoulder, right? He's going to hitch it before he throws to give Tyson an indication, hey, man, a right hand's coming. Shell up. Same thing with Tyson. He's going to cock back before he shoots an uppercut so Roy can respond. So there will be a few hard punches, but they're going to be telegraphed from last Tuesday, and those are going to be caught. They're going to be blocked. Other than that, it's just going to be jabs and and body shots. I do think if you see a hard shot, it's going to be to the body. Both guys are going to be in shape. But you ain't going to see no big overhand rights or big, you know, remember Tyson's furious uppercuts on the inside? You're not going to see that, guys. That's not what this is, okay? So don't get too excited. What I don't know is the price. I don't know, is this going to be 20 bucks or is this going to be 80 If they're smart, they make this shit $10. something like that, then, yeah, they're going to do a million buys. But if it's $80 to watch this shit, come on, man. But just because of Jake Paul being on there, 
if they make this shit 10 bucks, a bunch of teeny boppers are going to buy it because it's on an app that a bunch of kids know. All these teeny boppers that jerk off, that diddle themselves to the, the Paul brothers, they're going to buy this shit if it's 10 bucks just to see him and this you know, blonde, coiffed hair. So if they do this right, it's going to sell. I'm telling you right now, it's going to sell. Mark with the super chat again. Thank you, Mark. He he asked, is there anything scarier than an emotional Mike Tyson? No. Mike is one of those guys in person that you kind of just always keep an eye on. If any of you guys grew up in the street, you know what I'm talking about. There's an energy and a vibe from people where immediately when they walk into a room, they have to size everybody up. And there's times right, you know, I'm I'm way civilized, you know, back from what I used to be way, way back in the day. But maybe it's the Marine Corps training. Maybe it is somewhat my childhood where I grew up. But when I go anywhere in public, when I'm in any situation, I size everybody up very, very quickly. I know where my exits are. I know who, who might be an issue in the room. And Tyson does that, but he, he doesn't hide it. He doesn't do it slyly. He just grills everybody. Not in a mean way. It's just what he does. So when you are around somebody with that energy, especially if you have that energy yourself, maybe it's just an alpha male thing, you pick up on that. And with Mike, you just never know. <laughs> so when you see him in person, you kind of, you don't square up. You kind of just stay a little cocked. You know, you kind of stay at a 45 because you just kind of don't know. He's just kind of one of those people. And maybe, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. It's just who the man is. And there's a lot of us like that, again, uh, to, to varying levels, obviously. But he's that dude. And maybe that's part of the fascination with him. Because, again, a lot of fighters try to pretend they're that guy and they put on that persona, but they really ain't that guy. They grew up in the gyms and they can handle themselves in a fight, but they're not that dude. There's a lot of guys out there that try to hide it and mask it and, you know, forget that. I'm, I, maybe I'm one of those guys. But in certain situations, there's just weird little things people do. And I like Tyson probably isn't even aware of it. I'll tell you guys, there's times where I'm out with my fiance, who, by the way, will be my wife officially next month. Um, and, and she'll say, Mike, why, why are you saying that? Why did you see? How did you see that? How did you notice that? There's just little weird things you notice and stuff because you just there's something ingrained in you. And obviously Tyson is a million times greater than I'd ever be on that spectrum. But uh, he wears it on his sleeve, dude. He doesn't apologize for it. He wears it on his sleeve. And maybe, again, I think maybe that's why people are so enamored with him. Mark with the super chat again. He says, congratulations. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, A couple of you guys in the chat with the congrats. Yeah, man. I Look, I won't talk too much about my myself. Uh, but, uh, Tiffany and I are going to get married next month, like, like a month from now, late next month. It's actually going to be the anniversary of the day that we met. We just picked a day. It's a, it's like a Thursday. It's a random day, but we don't have the money right now because of COVID and everything else to do like a real wedding. So we're, we're just going to go to the courthouse and get the paperwork. And then, um, you know, maybe in a year or so, or it might take a few years to get enough money where we can actually do 
like uh, an actual wedding, you know, and, and the one thing that we're going to do is we're going to take photos. So I'll post some of those on Twitter. I'll share those with you guys. But yeah, man, we're not doing anything crazy exciting. We're just going to the courthouse to get in the papers. But she will be she won't be Tiffany Lamb anymore. She'll be Tiffany Montero. Uh, it's kind of crazy to think about that, man, as I sip my beer again. Yeah, it's a little crazy, a little crazy. But uh, thank you so much, all you guys in the chat. But um, Edward RK in the chat asks, will you be holding a Monday show, Michael? I think you're asking about the neutral corner. You're talking about Monday? Yes, of course. Uh, Every Monday, right around 5 o'clock. And that's on the Ring Digital YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed over there. All right? Okay, let's talk about Let's talk about this showtime schedule, man. This is another thing I wanted to talk about with you guys. And again, we're going to be talking about this stuff more. We'll talk about it in the neutral corner. And as these fights come up, we'll we'll preview them in detail. But I got to give it to showtime. Now, this is a strong schedule from August 1st through December 12th. There are several good quality fights on here. Some of them are more diehard fight fan kind of fights. Some of them are more for the casuals, right? But all in all, this is a nice schedule. Two of them are pay-per-view. I personally, I don't give a shit about the Davis Santa Cruz pay-per-view. It's funny because you guys who watch my show, you know this. I've been telling you since last December when I talked to Leonard Ellerby when he was down here in Atlanta uh, for a story I did in Ring. And we talked about it and he told me right then and there what they were going to do. I, I like this wasn't big news, but yesterday everyone's like, oh, or not, earlier this week, I should say, not yesterday. All the typical, you know, guys, I'm not going to name the names, but they're like breaking sources, blah, 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 you know, pay-per-view. So yeah, there's an official date now and everything. I get it. But like, we knew this was going to happen for a year. It's not surprising. I'm not excited about that fight because I don't think it belongs on pay-per-view and there's other people I'd rather see both guys face specifically Santa Cruz, who has just spent his last five years or so of his career, actually the bulk of his career, just avoiding top fights. And that's that, to me, is an issue, a big issue. And he, I think he's a – is it four-division champ, three-division champ? That's bullshit. He, he's like an Adrian Broner type. And I'm not trying to diss him. The Santa Cruz family are wonderful people. Leo's an awesome dude, one of the nicest guys in the sport. But, dude, you got to – Man, you got to step it up. Now, Tank Davis might be the second best opponent of his career. And in that respect, you know, I do give him respect. But I just, I'd rather see him fight somebody in his own weight class. He could have stayed at 126 and fought Gary Russell. There's no reason that fight shouldn't happen. But I think that the powers that be in PBC knew that, I think Leo feels a little bit better about fighting Tank because of Tank's issues making weight, I think he knows he'd be outboxed against Gary Russell. I'd pick Gary Russell big against Leo Santa Cruz. I think he'd clearly win an eight rounds to four kind of decision. But against Tank, the one chance Leo has is Tank gassing late and Leo able to kind of you know steal rounds in the second half of that fight. He has a chance. I think it's a slim chance, but he does have a chance. Also... That's a more marketable fight that you could put on pay-per-view. It's not going to sell very well, but if it gets 300,000, 200,000 buys, that's enough for both of those guys to make career-high paydays. 
So I see this kind of the same way I saw when Mikey Garcia wanted no part of Vasily Lomachenko, right? And he moved up to 140 for one or two fights, and then he went to 47 to fight Errol Spence. That was a way for PBC to keep everything in-house, use a Mexican-American fighter and his Mexican-American fan base to help build up Errol Spence's name, get a good name on Errol Spence's record. And that's kind of what I see here with Tank Davis and Leo Santa Cruz. It's not the exact same. I'm not saying it's apples to apples, but there's a lot of parallels here, a lot of similarities, okay? So Mark with another Super Chat pledge. Mark, I can't thank you enough. You're the man. Thank you so much. He says, uh, I'm so confused about this fight. There's like three weights of titles involved. It's beyond confusing. Exactly. Exactly, my man. So the WBA continues to be the laughing stock of boxing. They have th- apparently this fight, and here's what I there's I couldn't believe it when I first saw this. This fight's gonna be at 130 pounds. Now, I was here, you know, in Atlanta with Tank Davis missed weight a couple times uh for his last fight at 135. And now he's gonna make 130. Dude, I don't know about that. I think we're going to see him weigh in around 132, 133, and just pay extra money to Leo Santa Cruz. I think we're going to see a weight hustle like we saw with uh, Floyd Mayweather when he fought Juan Manuel Marquez. He didn't even try to make the catch weight. He didn't even try. He and his camp just prepared to be a regular, their standard weight, and just pay extra money to Marquez to have that advantage. I think we're going to see something similar here. My question is, what's the WBA going to do? Because one of these guys has one of the WBA titles at 130. One of them has another WBA title at 135. Neither one's the true legitimate champion of either weight class, but they have a version of a version of the titles in each weight class. So they're going to allow the WBA, the 130 and 135-pound titles to be on the line for this fight. Try to keep up with this shit. It makes zero sense. Meanwhile, look, Vasily Lomachenko has the super belt or whatever the hell it is at 135, and he is the champion. In the winner between him and Tiafimo Lopez on October 3rd, that will be ESPN pay-per-view, by the way. I've been telling you guys that for a freaking year. Um, that, that person is the champion at 135. It's not Tank Davis, okay? So... But what happens if Tank weighs in at like 133, 134? What happens? Does the WBA say, nope, the 130 ain't on the line for him? Or do they still allow the 130 and 135 titles, the regular titles or whatever the hell it is, to be on the line? I'm so confused. I just think that fight, to me, is a marketing thing. And I know a lot of people think that's going to be this super close Really competitive fight, and there's a lot of people picking Leo Santa Cruz. I'm telling you guys right now, this is Tank's going to win this fight. Gervonta Davis will win this fight. If he struggles with weight and everything else, it, it might be close in that respect because he might be drained and everything else. But Leo's going to have to get a knockout to win a decision here. The A side, the money side, that's Tank. All right? So... So Leo's going to have to either knock him out or drop him multiple times to win a split decision. <laughs> He's not going to do that. He doesn't have the power to do that. 
So I could see a situation where Tank wins a wide decision or even maybe stops Leo late. But I think Leo is going to be able to cover up and survive. And this is probably going 12 rounds, and it's going to be 118-110, 117-111, somewhere in that ballpark. One judge, one asshole judge might score to draw to make the shit look closer than it really is. And there's going to be people on Twitter saying, no, Leo really won that fight. They're going to bitch about it when everyone knows Tank won. That's what's going to happen here. That's my gut feel up front. Now, if I hear some things between now and then of what's going on in camp, maybe my opinion will change. But that's how I see that one. Uh, Super chat pledge from Florian Seagreese. Thank you so much, Florian. I appreciate that. And from Giuseppe LaRocca. Thank you so much, my man. He says, love the show. An excellent choice with the Peroni beer. Thank you. Have you guys opened up your beers yet? What's up? Mark with the super chat. He says, will you be taking calls? Yes. Phone lines are open. Go ahead and call in. Any of you guys want to call in. Phone lines are open. Get on the line. Oh, yeah. All right. August 1st. By the way, one thing I noticed about all these cards, they're all Saturday night. There's none, none of these Showtime cards are Friday, so I don't think any of these would technically be showboxed. I think these are all Saturday, uh, regular. Uh, hang on. Shit. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, someone was calling, so um, sorry about the little pause there in the video. That's the thing about shooting a video into a phone. People like to call you and text you during the middle of the broadcast. Anyway, so all these are Saturday night cards, and I think they're all going to be at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. That has not been verified yet, but I think that's going to be what the plan is. Okay, August 1st. So what is that? Next Saturday. This is a decent little card with some prospects, man. Stephen Fulton's on that card against uh, Angelo Leo. Tremaine Williams against uh, Raiz Alim. And all four of those fighters are undefeated. So two O's are going to go. And then Joe George against Marcos Uscadero, who has one loss. But um, I, I like to, and then the Williams Alim fight is a super bantamweight title eliminator. The Fulton Leo fight is for a vacant junior featherweight world title. So that's a decent little card, man, to, to kick things off. I like that a lot. Two Saturdays after that, August 15th, David Benavidez defending his WBC 168-pound title against Romar Alexis Angulo. Uh, you know, that's a decent fight. You know, there's a million guys I'd rather see Benavidez fight before Angulo, but that's a decent fight. Also, uh, there's an interim title bout, uh, lightweight title bout on the line. Rolando Romero going up against Jackson uh, Marinez. Two undefeated guys, someone's always going to go. And then heavyweight action. This could actually be fun just in terms of styles. Otto Valin going up against Travis Kaufman. That could be sloppy, but I think it's also going to be fun. So you get you know a couple of gatekeeper-level heavyweights fighting. Uh, one gatekeeper, one journeyman-level kind of guy. That could be a lot of fun, man. Uh, I think Mark's on the line. Let's jump over here to the phone lines. Mark, is that you? What's up, man? Yeah, it's me. How's it going? How's it going? How's things? Going well, my man. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Preemptive congratulations on getting married, first of all. And Thank secondly, you. Secondly, what the fuck, mate? What the fuck is a 
what the fuck is a super super featherweight champion? <laughs> I, I, did you see that? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, was that a typo, or is that the no, WBA? That's that is for real because like if you yeah. look at Callum Smith, he's the super super middleweight champion. Like, yeah. what is this? <laughs> dude, it's the WBA, <laughs> man. I, I, I just how Mark? How would you explain the situation with Tank Davis and Leo Santa Cruz to? Somebody who's brand new to boxing. Like, how would you describe that to them? Yeah, you put me on the spot, yeah? Um, <laughs> yeah. I would say that Leo Santa Cruz is currently the junior lightweight champion of the world uh, at the 130-pound division. And Javante Davis is a uh, secondary lightweight world champion. Um, there's two possible titles on the line, and Leo Santa Cruz doesn't have to choose between any of the titles if he wins. He could retain the lightweight championship, the junior lightweight championship, and the featherweight championship. And that's the thing, though. It's only a piece of the championship. It's, I don't even mean yeah. just that Second it's only one belt because the WBA has multiple belts at all those weights. So well, I just... Here, here. Mike, yeah. I've got one for you that's going to burn it. We all give the WBC crap, right? All the time. We give them crap all the time. There's a goal champion, an interim champion, the regular champion, and the super champion. They are all of world title status with the WBA. We all know this, right? Yes? Yes. Right. That means 17 weight divisions, four possible belts, there are 68 world titles. If each, if each sanctioning body only had world titles, right? One world title apiece, there'd only be 68 available across all weight divisions. The WBA alone has 68 on its own. Right. <laughs> Man, dog, it, it's it's bad. It's I mean, I think I could fight for a fucking title. I mean, Trevor Bryan, have you looked at Trevor Bryan's resume? And don't disrespect to Trevor Bryan himself, but I look at his resume and, like, again, I'm just a weekend warrior. I'm some fucking idiot who just writes about this shit. But I work out enough and I've sparred and I know enough about this shit. I know I can beat some of Trevor Bryan's opponents. I know I could. I've had boxing people tell me this. BJ Flores. Yeah, that's right. Before. Yeah, that's the one guy he fought that has a pulse. <laughs> but. No, I'm saying look at look at his resume and some of the opponents. I mean, I, some of these guys are like two and twenty, four and sixteen, like crazy <laughs> records like that. It's insane. Mm-hmm. The WBA is terrible, well, terrible. Well, we have we have some news on Trevor Bryan for the first time in two years, according to a certain fighter, Mister uh, Christopher Lovejoy is apparently going to be fighting against Trevor Bryan in a, a Mount Warren clash. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is that pay per view? <laughs> Would you put it past them? Nope. Yeah. Hey, man, if they got 100 people to buy that shit, you know, just friends and family buy that shit, hey, we made a couple thousand bucks, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, man. I, I, I think I've talked about this on my show before. The president of the WBA, uh, I bumped into him outside of the forum one time in uh, just outside of LA and he kind of came up to me and kind of tapped me on the shoulder and talked to me. And I was surprised he knew who I was, but I did it. I, I, you know, talked about this. I ripped the sanctioning bodies all the time and he had heard me beat the shit out of them. 
And he, he told me, you know, hey, I would like to invite you to our convention because I really want to show you what we do and explain why we do what we do and how we do it. And he's like, I'd like you to be a guest at our convention. I said, cool, man. You want to hook that shit up? I'll go. And of course, it never went anywhere. So, you know, I was willing to give them a chance and go to the convention and talk to their their executives and, and learn about their process and everything to, to see if there was any logic behind it. But, of course, that all fell through. And um, it, it, they've gotten dumber. They've literally gotten dumber. I don't know if you remember, Mark, a few years ago when uh, he said he wanted to, like, consolidate the titles. Yeah, what happened with that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh, the undisputed WBA champion and all this crap. Oh, come on. Come on. Do you remember when they came out with that super championship and everything? Oh, my God. I can't even, I can't remember what oh year it was. But, yeah, when that started, and then you're right, with some of these divisions, you know, you, you get a super, super middleweight champion. And it's like, how how the fuck do I explain that one day to my future children when I'm getting them into boxing and they'd rather go watch MMA because there's only eight divisions and there's eight champions because UFC basically is MMA, right? They have eight divisions, which is what boxing used to have, and they have one champion in each division. I don't know if UFC does interim titles, or, but I'm going to have to argue. I could just see it right now, man. Years from now, I'm going to be arguing with my kid. No, no, watch boxing. He's going to be like, Dad, what the fuck's a super, super middleweight champion? I could see those arguments taking Never place mind. already. Never mind that. You're going to have to explain a, junior, uh, a, a super light heavyweight and a junior cruiserweight. You'll probably have to explain a super Jeez. heavyweight, a junior heavyweight. You, you yeah. have to explain a lot of stuff. Cause we'll probably have 20 divisions. It's going to be ridiculous. It's getting to the point where it's already impossible. Like I can't explain boxing to somebody who's new to it. I can't. I know the sport inside now. I can't break down the dynamics of our belt and sanction bodies to anybody. It's it's too difficult. It's really, it's literally really, a, it's, a lot of crap. What's what's fucked up is we, we live in a place now where the IBF is seen as the most ethical organization, right? Because every now and then they do an interim title, but it's pretty much one title per division. They follow their rules, whether you like it or not. But if you go back 20 years – they were the most corrupt organization, and they were taken to court. There was, you know, uh, issues with the feds. Shout out to the number. Shout out to the number one sanctioning body for fraud. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. International boxing fraud. Like, but now they're like, you know, the the most. They try. They follow the rules the most. I'll say that. But they're also probably the least powerful of the big four. Because they follow their rules. It's just like, holy shit, man. You can't write this shit. Even though even though they're ethical, even though we look at it as ethical, they're also in some ways one of the worst things in boxing because they are the most stringent, right? Which means they offer no flexibility for unifications. Right. right. When you have Canelo being stripped title, right? Being stripped of a title. He could go and unify. No, no, no. You strip him of that title. So the Reggie and Yeah. And then it all comes full circle and Golovkin, the guy who they stripped, ends up with a fucking belt. It, you can't write this shit, man. Uh, I remember at heavyweight when, when Tyson Fury beat Vladimir Klitschko 
And what was it, a month later, the IBF stripped Tyson Fury? And who ends up fighting for the fucking title? Charles Martin and uh, 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 Vashislav Glasgow. Yeah. Now, who in the right fucking mind would think those two guys are on the same stratosphere as Tyson Fury? It, it just... So that's the thing about boxing, Mark, is you have to be flexible. You can't just have computerized rules. It will never work because there's too many variables in boxing. Too much crazy shit could happen. So you have to have flexibility. And I appreciate that the BC and the BA and the BO, they will bend rules sometimes when they need to. And sometimes they do it in a smart, logical way. But, you know, the IBF... It's just funny to me that yeah, the, the once the most corrupt organization now is the cleanest and shiniest because they follow their own rules, even though a lot of times those rules don't make sense. You just can't write this shit, man. It, it's just it's the soap opera that uh, that I love about this sport. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> Oh, man, we had another caller on here, but they dropped off. Whoever was on the line, call back. I think uh, they got sick of waiting. (laughs) Call back, and I'll get you on. You can talk with me and Mark, because I can open it up to multiple callers. So whoever that was, call. Uh, Call back. But, uh, yeah, what else you got, man? I I got a second beer here. I'm going to crack this second beer. Uh, I'm happy for you. I don't drink anymore. I quit. Hey man, you're smart. When I when I did the 75 hard program earlier this year, and I didn't drink for 75 days, dude, my body changed. I slept better than I've slept in years, and I don't even drink that much. I just drink on the weekends. But uh, man, it, it does make a difference. Holy shit, does it make a difference? Sorry, sorry, I didn't quite catch that. I broke up the line, broke. Uh, I was just saying it makes a difference when you stop drinking as I sip my beer. <laughs> it, it does make a difference, man. It, it just makes a difference in your body. No, it does. It does for sure. But I, I, I've got one for you, right? This is, this is interesting for me, just me personally. Do you think, you personally, do you think the Charlo card is $75? The Charlo uh, doubleheader pay-per-view? Yeah. Do you think it's worth seventy? Do I think it's worth that? Eh. You know what? Let's talk about that. You know, I'm going to open up the lines here because we got one other call. So we're gonna we're gonna have a, a threesome here. Hang on. Nine oh one. You're on. What's up? Hey, Professor Montero. Am I late? Did you, I miss anything? Well, yeah. We talked a little bit about Tyson Jones. We talked a little bit about Nazim Richardson. We talked about Tank Davis, Leo Santa Cruz. But Mark just brought up a great question. Let me ask you this: Is the Charlo oh, no. Charlo pay per view worth seventy five dollars? Um, okay, if any pay per view is worth seventy five dollars, yeah, that one is. Okay. Okay. It's a good card. It's a good card. Why not? All pay per views in the U.S. start at seventy five dollars. You know, unless you want to count your ten dollars a month to zone or your ESPN Plus, whatever. In general, with some exceptions, all pay per views start out at seventy five bucks. And I'm a hopeless boxing junkie. I'm hooked. And you know what? That is, is that pay per view better than Pacquiao uh, Broner? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, is that pack? Is that pay per view better than like twenty that I've paid for, anyways? Yeah. Well, let me ask both you guys it, this. Mike. Let me ask you this: Is the so let me, I'm going to briefly I'm going to read off these fights and then I want to ask you something. So, uh, Jermall versus Drevianchenko, Brandon Figueroa versus Damian Vasquez, Diego Magdaleno, who will be on TNC uh, in the next in the next few weeks against Isaac Cruz, Jermell versus Jason Rosario, Mario Barrios versus Ryan Carl, and Daniel Roman versus TB- TBA. Is this the best PBC? pay-per-view ever no which one was better uh whichever one had uh heard era and i think that was tyson theory uh wilder one didn't have a bunch of didn't have like two consecutive 154 fights that were really good let me look it up mark do you remember that one or not i remember that uh donna stevenson and bowstick was actually in another place, and that was on the card, wasn't it? That was the co-main, so Fury versus Wilder one. Let me see. If I'm not mistaken. God, I don't remember that. I don't remember those two as separate. Hey, uh, did you start? Did you get to talking around about uh, Ray Vargas tonight fighting uh, Luis Ortiz? I heard that was going to happen. Who's going to win? Ray Vargas versus who? Luis Ortiz. What? Uh, do you mean Ray Vargas versus Luis Neri by any chance? No, 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 no. I, I, I mean Sam Vargas versus Virgil Ortiz. Oh, Sammy Vargas. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. No, yeah, because you kind of went. You hit a couple of different weight divisions there. <laughs> uh, no, we it's haven't got ver- to that, that yet. That was my version of Cockney rhyming slang. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know what? Real quick, before we go to that, I'm looking at that Wilder Fury one pay per view. Jarrett Hurd fought Jason Wellborn. That wasn't a very good fight, but. Oh, Luis Ortiz well, was on that card against Travis Kaufman. Joe Joyce against Joe Hanks. Uh, Chris Ariola was on that card. Yeah, Robert Guerrero, J-Rock. So they had some names, but the it's matchups weren't good. They had names, but in showcase fights. Sounds like a uh, – that sounds a lot like the Crawford uh, uh, con card. No, that was a shit card. Lots of yeah, showcase fights. That was terrible. Um, no, I can't remember. There, there is there was a PBC pay per view card that it was like, it was it, it it heavily featured two good 154 fights. I'm almost certain it was pay per view. It was Lara hmm. Heard and whoever and whatever else. That was a really Lara Heard wasn't pay per view. Lara Heard couldn't have been pay per view. I thought it was the support to a pay per view. I, I don't. I don't remember. Might have been like the pre-fight. No, this couldn't be. This couldn't be the best pay, PBC pay per view card. I mean, look. I, I think it the is that PBC was supposed to be putting on network television for us. Oh, I know. That's the great hypocrisy here. But I'm just looking. Look, you got six fights on one pay per view split site. I, that's a pretty solid pay per view. However, back to Mark's question, is it worth $75? I guess in today's market, yes. But I don't think these fights, these two main event fights, are as close as people are making them out to be. Am I crazy for saying that? I don't think they're as close as people I think. think. So. Hmm. Am, am I, I wrong or, or what? I think they're close. I'm happy to be – well, I'm happy to be wrong. I mean, you know better than me, but I, I think they're really close. I think – well – I mean, I'm gonna, I'm curious what Mark thinks on this. 
I'm in agreement with the caller, actually. I think uh, okay. I think they're pretty close fights. I just I don't. Here's why I say that, guys. Jason Rosario, he has one win over J Rock. What else? Nothing. Uh, he's, he's, he's beat a couple of good gatekeepers recently. I forget who, but uh, I think he's done pretty good. And his win over J Rock was pretty emphatic, and that J Rock yeah. just outboxed Jared Hurd at close range. I mean, that was one hell of a win. But, but no, I agree. I agree. J Rock is a capitulator fighter. Uh, J Rock looked fantastic against Hurd, but did you see him against Isha Smith? Um, I can't remember. How was that? Uh, a lot of people felt he was lucky to escape the victory. Am I wrong in saying that, Mike? No, no, I remember oh, that. Wow. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I just don't know, man. Yeah. Here's what I, here's what here's what makes me. A little skeptical. Now, let me just say, I like the card. I like the card a lot. I, I think top to bottom, not including like a, let's say, maybe they'll have like a, a an opening fight on Fox or something that goes into the pay-per-view. I'm just talking about the actual pay-per-view fights. I think top to bottom, yeah. this is the best pay-per-view in PBC's history. They've been doing pay-per-views for like three years now. I think it's the best one. I really, really do. But well, who is there's on just Porter. Spence Porter. I was there for that one. I covered that one for Ring. Oh. Uh, for which card? Spent for Spence I was Porter. I well I covered Spence Spence's last two fights actually for uh for Ring. But Spence Porter, that was in LA. Man, that was a good trip. That was a fun trip. Uh that was a solid card. Yeah, I'm looking here. So you had Anthony Durrell, David Benavidez. Uh, that was that. That's a good matchup. You had Mario Barrios, it, who was lucky to win the fight. Was that the fight where he? Uh, that was a great fight. Yeah. And then you know Jose Cito Lopez and John Molina. I thought that was going to be a better fight than it turned out to be. Uh, Lopez just has way more in the tank left than Molina. Um, so you okay. know what? Okay, all right, guys. I'll, I'll step back from that. I'll step back. You're, you're right. That was a pretty I damn good pay per view. Mike, I think the best card they've put on so far would be uh, Pacquiao-Thurman, possibly. Okay. Now I got to look that one up. That, was... <laughs> that, sure was a, that was, sure was a good fight. That was that was a fun was fight. Very good fight. That was a fun fight. But they also have, like, Ugas versus Figueroa on the card, Neri versus Poyano, Plantball against Mike Lee. Like, I know that's crap. But Jack Dufault, yeah. Ali Aaron, the Marizan. Sergey Lipinets was on there. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty good card too. So you know what, PBC, yeah, that's, that's like, a good one. they they are putting good undercards together for these pay per views for the most part. Some of them have been dog shit, but, um, I, you know, look with top rank, they're gonna do that uh, Lomachenko Lopez pay per view. They need to stack that undercard. They really, really, especially if you're going up. Think about it this way, guys. The Lomachenko Lopez pay per view that is one week after this Charlo doubleheader. So if they don't stack that that undercard, that pay per view is going to struggle seriously. I don't think they're going to stack it. I don't think they will. I don't think they have to, I, don't, I don't think they're going to want to pay what, what it takes to stack it. Sadly, I agree with you. I'm I'm I pessimistic. I think they're going to have discount fights on the undercard. Which, I think we could get Jesse Magdaleno versus Emmanuel Navarrete on the card. 
Oh, I, I, uh, I, I think Magdaleno will go through a meat grinder yeah. named Cowboy Navarrete. I wouldn't mind watching that. That's cool. If that's the co-main, okay, then I'm good. And that fight's pretty cheap. That's pretty affordable. You know, how about putting then, yeah, uh, how about putting in a way on that card? No, he, he doesn't have a well, date yet, does he? He, he doesn't. doesn't have a date, but like they not in this Casemiro, so. They have an opportunity there with that card, man. I was just going to say, Top Rank has a lot of guys from, I want to say, like 118 up through 135. And they have guys, of course, higher up the weight scale. But fighters at those weights come fairly cheap. They have an opportunity there. If you get guys like Navarrete, Inoue, those types of Casimero on that card, then you have a real opportunity. You know, something for the real diehard fight fans. Those aren't household names, but for the diehard fight fans, that's those are solid names. And I think they'd be wise to get some of those names on that card, especially with what PBC is doing on September 26th, because that's a good card. They should put Taylor versus Kong Song on that card. That would be a great – that would be great marketing for Taylor. Not bad at all. Yeah. That'd be a great introduction. So that would get like, a bit of a British audience involved, like Scottish people living out in the U.S. as well. Yeah. Yeah, especially if they do it on the East Coast, which is what they were originally talking about. It's probably going to go to Vegas now. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I, they have. that's what I'm saying, man. They have options. They really, really do. Um, and their summer series, that well, second wave is going to be good. It's going to be good. But I see what guys in the chat ask. Michael. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say a few people in the chat were asking about Charlo Derevyanchenko, and so okay, both of the Charlo fights versus Derevyanchenko versus Rosario. On the surface, these look like 50-50 fights. And, and listen, I'm excited for them. I think these are great. Both of these fights are the best opponents of of the, both Charlo's careers, but. There's also uncertainty. There's the unknown there. We don't know what is left from Derevyanchenko after the beating he took against Golovkin. That was a great fight, and he put plenty of leather on Triple G. But I'm telling you right now, if you look at their faces the week or so after that fight, it's night and day. Derevyanchenko took an absolute beating in that fight, and I just don't know. He also had a, a tough fight with Jacobs. I don't know if he's going to look the same yeah, against did. Charlo. I hope he does. I really hope he does because then we'll get a great fight. And then with Rosario, did he just like strike lightning in a bottle one night against an underprepared J-Rock Williams? We just don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I hope these are great 50-50 fights. But part of me just wonders if the matchmakers at PBC know something we don't. Well, we also got to factor in that sometimes that uh, both Charlos are quite explosive and know how to take advantage of their opponent slipping up pretty quick. I mean, them dudes, them dudes can 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 take advantage of somebody slipping real good. And also got to consider that uh, Jamal sometimes isn't very good. Yeah, kind of <laughs> hot and cold, hot and cold. That's true. Uh, oh no. Super chat pledge from Deed. 
uh, on the uh, Super Chat pledge from Deed. Thank you so much, brother. He, he asked, do you think Charlo can KO Derevyanchenko? I absolutely think he can. I'm starting to think he will. Yeah. I know I know. I probably sound crazy, but I, I just – can Derevyanchenko be the same guy that he was going into the Jacobs and Golovkin fights? If he can, that's amazing. You guys think I'm crazy? Uh. No, no. Like I said, I think both, I think both Charles are quite explosive and can exploit their opponents uh, slipping. Just you know, kind of like you know, we saw it against Julian Williams with Jamal Charlo. We saw it with Harrison with Jamel. I mean, you know, Harrison was like it was spanking him the whole night, and um, and, and then all of a sudden, bam! Well, right. What happened? I you just know? my and, gut uh, feel. Know, Jamal, Jermel Charles didn't give Jermel didn't give Lubinson had one opportunity to screw up and get away with it and bam, bam you know comes in with his head down and and Jermel just sleeps him and you know I I, I, I I we've seen the same thing out of Jamal so that's very possible I mean I, I wouldn't want them dudes hitting me. <laughs> They're both very explosive. They're both vulnerable, though. They have holes in their game, but it's going to take a young, prime, skillful fighter to beat them. Also a guy that fights three minutes of every round. And I just, I think Derevyanchenko is going to be winning the fight halfway through against, uh, what is it, Jamal. And I just see him getting stopped late. I I see him getting caught, being tired. Uh, I think Charlo can work the body, then catch him with a hook, an uppercut, something on the inside during an exchange and really hurt him. I also, I, I think that's also possible with Rosario. The only difference with Rosario is he's in his physical prime and he's strong as shit for that division. I'm probably more excited about that fight, actually, now that I think about it. Huh. I know. I sound crazy yeah, today, I I, I, but it's just a gut feel. Yeah, no, I sound, you don't sound crazy. You sound excited and educated on the matter, and it's a pleasure getting to call into your show, Michael, and it's a pleasure getting to hear your point of view, Mark, as always, man. Uh, all right, I'm going to go, uh, I don't know, walk in the circle. All right. <laughs> all right, man. Have a good one. Again. Thanks for calling in, man, calling again. All right, uh, Mark, you want to stay on the line, or you need to drop off? Ah, mine, but that's good for you. <laughs> nah, hey, hang out, man. We got another call here. Let me let me pick up this other call. Two six two, you're on. Go. Hey, it's Johnny Boy. What's Johnny going on? Boy? Oh, what's how up? Doing? <laughs> how you doing, man? Oh shit. Good. We good. got the whole gang together Mark, right Mark. here. I was gonna say Mark knows me. We're good buddies. <laughs> He's familiar with me. Awesome. But let's tell you what we talk in the. What are we talking, the Charlo fights? Yeah, man, I want to get your take on this, man, because I I feel like what I'm saying is crazy as I hear myself saying it, but I I think Charlo can stop the Revyanchenko uh, because I just don't know if he's going to be the same after the, the beating he took against Triple G. Am I crazy or what? Am I bots or what? What's going on? Nah, 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 nah. You ain't cr- nah. You're not crazy. I, it's 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 a it's a good fight. I, it's I think it's going to be a pretty fan-friendly fight too, Charlo and Derevyanchenko. Oh, yeah. For the other one, yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be it'll 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 make people happy, yeah, sure. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, 
I think I think uh, Rosario, the, the other one, Little Charlo and Rosario, I think you kind of got to lean towards Little Charlo on that one just because he's been in the ring with so many more dudes. I've been listening the last 15, 20 minutes. He's, you know, he's uh, he, like you said, he's fought J-Rock and that's it. So I, you got to favor Little Charlo on that one, at least from my point of view. But, you know, but on the other one, the other one's the one I'm on the fence about, so, you know. So. I keep going back and forth, man, because, again, yeah, you, you, you hit it with Rosario, the experience factor. He, he had one great night. J-Rock had a shitty night. We've seen J-Rock go up and down in his performances. He's hot and cold, right? And the, the one thing, so Rosario's big and strong. He's a big, physical, strong fighter for that division. He's in his physical prime. That's what makes me excited for that fight. But then I could also see... Charlo is so much more skilled. He throws straighter punches. His angles and spacing is tighter. He could catch Rosario coming in, hurt him with something, and it could be a quick night. I, I just don't know what to make of these yeah. two fights. But I guess that's what makes it a good Can I card. Can play Devil's Advocate? Yeah. Can I play yeah. Devil's Advocate? Okay. So the first one with uh, Rosario and Jamel, right? And baby Charlo versus Rosario. And – we also need to take into account, yeah, Rosario, oh, maybe it was just that one flash in the pan. But you know what else? It was his first full training camp in his entire career. It was the first time he was actually prepared for a fight himself. And maybe he showed just how good he can be. Yeah. No, you're right. So yeah. that's the first one. That's the first one. And the second one, Big Jamal, Derevianchenko. Could he be hooked? Could he be battle time? Absolutely. But he could be more experienced. He could know a little bit more. And something we've seen with Jamal is he don't like you sitting on his chest. Yeah. He don't. And for my money, Ravianchenko is one of the best at getting inside the pocket and beating you up inside, using the angles, using that slight little pivot, going backwards, leaning to the side, open for the hook. Yeah, but Charles don't throw that very often. He looks straight counter punches. He looks to get on the jab, keep it at range and calm down. It's Jamal who looks to left hook. So, you, 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 yeah, Mark, you, you can make an argument or a, a case for either side of that because, you know, like Mike said, you know, Charlo got left after having them two wars back to back with Jacobs and Golovkin. And on the other side of that coin, you could say, well, but who's Charlo been in the ring with at 160? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's so good. it's kind of. You can make points for either 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 which way, you know. Let's be fair though to the Revianchenko. It's not two wars back to back. He's had three wars back to back. That Jack Kukay fight was fucking hard work. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. That's I mean because yeah. that that was a distance fight too, was it not? I think uh, Yeah, and it was a close fight as well. Yeah. It was close, seven five eight four. So he's yeah, had three tough fights, tough. bro. Yeah. I three tough fights yeah. like that, and then before that he wasn't the most active guy. So I, it just makes me wonder, again, it, just look at the way the Charlos have been matched. Look at the way PBC does business. All of a sudden, they're matching them tough like this on the same night. It just doesn't make sense. So I just wonder, are they seeing yeah. something we're not seeing? You know, And w- what's making them pull the trigger on it like this? Uh, I like the matchups, but hold on. Let me, let me go real quick to uh, some Super Chats, guys, and we'll get your opinions on this. Captain Hook Chronicles on the chat. From Canada, what's up, man? He says, Obali Donaire is maybe the best matchup of all. I like that fight on December 12th. People do not sleep on that fight because Donaire 
that that old man still has some pop in his hands. I like that fight a lot. Uh, and that's on regular Showtime. B. Buteman on the ch- uh, Super Chat. Thank you so much. He says, does the World Boxing Super Series finale ever happen? That's a damn good question. <laughs> that cruiserweight fight, contractually, it has to happen. It has to happen per the contract. So I do think it will happen. When, where, how to look and all that, I have no idea. But it's supposed to. And then um, 30S30 for the Super Chat Pledge. Thank you so much. He says, my man, Mike, what do you know about the Casimero Inoue fight? Um, I heard that there were issues related to the purse. And I'm not quite sure what's going on with it. Uh, Mark, Johnny Boy, have you guys heard anything? Um, I haven't. It was canceled. It was completely canceled. They just completely did away with it, huh? Yeah, it's completely scrapped. That sucks. Yeah, because I know we, and only I believe, still stuck in Japan, and they can't get them over here. I think is. I remember that. Yeah, the visa issues. Yeah. But then once yeah. they could, they were scheduling stuff for Casemiro. Remember, he was meant to actually fight. What's his name? Kid who lost to Plania. Oh, what's his oh, name? Uh, what's his name? Like Chicago kid. Chicago kid. Greer. Is it Greer? Oh, Greer. yeah, Derek Greer. Greer. Derek Greer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that that's the circumstance there. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it will happen until next year. Unfortunately, that sucks, man. Yeah, I gotta tell that kid. I got. I gotta. I gotta tell that kid to send me a Walter Payton jersey real quick. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 ah. All right. Let's talk about. All right. Let me. Uh... Okay, I need to get these other ones out. Uh, September 19th, Saturday, Erickson Lubin fighting Terrell Goucher. That's a good fight. Uh, Tugsat Nayam, Nayam Bayar. I always have trouble with that name versus Eduardo Ramirez. King that's, Tug. King, King Tug. Tug. That's way easier. Uh, that is an eliminator. Both of those are eliminator fights. And then Jerron Ennis is fighting. He's probably going to fight a can, unfortunately. And then October 10th, uh, Sergey Lipinets versus... Kudratio Abdu Kukarov. That is a damn good yeah, fight. Yeah. That's a very good fight. That's a like damn that's a good, good fight. Yeah. So I like that's that a one a one. lot. And that is a, a yeah, interim title for the IBF. And then uh, Xavier Martinez, Claudio Marrero, that's decent. Malik Hawkins, Subriel Matias, that's decent. But I'm telling you, man, that uh, that Lipinets Abdu Kukarov. That's a great fight. So, look, I mean, let's give Showtime some credit. But let me ask you guys this. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. How much of this – I don't want to give Steven Espinoza too much credit because over the last few years, Showtime has been dog shit. How much of this is because they're desperate for fucking content? And pound for pound, boxing content is pretty cheap. If you look at the guys on this schedule, right – Take away the pay-per-views. I'm talking about the guys on regular Showtime. These guys come pretty cheap. How much of this is just – not that I'm complaining. I'm just saying. Is this Showtime proving that they're really back in the boxing business 100% or is this Showtime during COVID pandemic being desperate for content and doling out some cash to get some fights? Uh, I think that's what, uh, I'll, I'll go first. I, I just – yeah. 
I think it's a, yeah, it's a if they want to get they need they're desperate to pump some some stuff out there. I think is what it is. I mean, you know, I I can only do the Shakur Stevenson's versus Crystal Ball whatever so many times. Right, you know, they got to start putting you know you know yeah. So I think that's it's kind of I don't know. You can yeah I don't know. Go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. I think it's a. <clears throat> I think it's actually got something to do with Fox kind of pulling out with the PBC, so they're able yeah. to get more fights on there. They don't have an, uh, a direct competitor now to get these fights. Fox were putting on more fights. They were putting on the bigger fights. They were stacking the cards more with Fox, mm-hmm. and now Fox they're pulling out funding to some extent. It looks like they're only going to be doing two or three shows this year. Fox and two of them maybe pay per view. One of them is going to be uh, Danny and Spence. I think everybody knows that. That shit's yeah. done. Yeah. So, Pacquiao. You know, yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, who's Pacquiao fighting? He's not fighting no Errol Spence. They talked about uh, Mikey. They talked about a couple different names. But, yeah, they wanted to bring him back by the end of the year. Who knows what he'll do with the COVID situation. But uh, they had a certain plan. Yeah. It just kind of blew up. Yeah, I, 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 I've been saying that uh... – if if it's possible, they should just go ahead and make that him and Crawford because I look at it like this: Crawford gets the big fight he's been looking for, and Pacquiao win, loser, draws going up against one of the top five guys in the world, pound for pound. So I, it's kind of, I always, I always, I've been telling Mark the same thing. I says I think that's kind of a, that would be a good situation for all of them to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, the yeah. problem is it just makes too much sense. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know that shit goes. That's the problem, Johnny. Johnny, you can't be making logical sense. You can't can't be using your fucking you know, brains, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. All right, hold on. We got another call here. I'm gonna get someone else. Oh wait, nine oh one. You call. You're back on the line. What's up? I know. I'm back. I forgot all about. Uh, I'm not gonna pronounce his name. The Punisher versus Lipinets. Man, I don't yeah. know if you guys that that's a that's a weird one. That should be good, but. I don't know if y'all saw Punisher um, get one-armed Koyatsu a while back, but Punisher just had – Punisher's last fight was his Tank Davis moment against uh, – you know, that was sort of his Tank Davis, um, uh, Yuri Orcus Gamboa. He was awful, and it was, it was almost comical watching at times Koyatsu one-armed just box a dude. What, what happened? He was one of those, like – about to kill everybody any minute now prospects along with um uh gets a while back and and uh and, and man he really just crapped the bed against Koyasa. what's what's happened to this kid is that his bad night or is he just gonna get or is Lippin that's gonna waste him well that was a gas tank issue he dominated the four six seven rounds and then he fucking just sweltered up didn't he yeah that was a gas yeah. Tank issue. yeah but it was a dude who had one arm <laughs> I think it was just a youthful learning lesson. I I don't know, dog. One thing, I I just the Uzbeks, those are some bad motherfuckers, and they're they're coming. They're starting to slowly take over. I'm not gonna say take over the sport, but guys from that part of the world, they're they're the new breed. They're the new wave. You know what I'm saying? Like what the Ukrainians were the last five years or so. Those Uzbek guys are coming in now, and I just think that that's going to be a damn good fight. He's going to be a hundred percent for that. Uh, and then you know, Lipinets is a Kazakh guy, 
who's has a lot of experience, has been in with some top dudes. I like that fight a lot, man. That might be my favorite damn fight, you yeah. non pay per view on this schedule. That one and the uh, that one and the Donaire one. Yeah, those are both great. Those yeah. are those oh, I are can't like wait for Donaire Bali. Yeah, dude, that's that's a great fight for like diehards. You know, that's that's like diehard dream matchup, not dream matchup, but like just a good solid solid fight right there. Yeah. Nobody does. Yeah. No, nobody doesn't like Nanito, man. Everybody likes Nanito. Nanito's a king. Nanito's awesome. You know, man. actually, I think, uh, I think the Nonito who lost to—I uh, thought to me playing today, the Nonito who lost to Inouye was a more complete and uh, fighter with a higher ring IQ than the dude who iced uh, Darch Vader and the dude who uh, got picked apart by Rigo. And I'm curious, was that his last hurrah? I mean, I don't remember him being a master with a straight right or anything like that. But he sure was throwing that right real good, and he didn't try He didn't try to depend on his left like it was his Hail Mary. I mean, the dude, the, the dude really showed us something that I hadn't seen out of this guy before. So is that his last hurrah, or is this like an Indian summer for this dude? We'll find out. I think with – so the thing with Inouye – is everybody was slobbing all over him. And I like Naoya Inoue. Trust me. You know, I like him a lot. But he hadn't fought anybody, man. He, he, so this was a huge step oh, up in opposition for him. And I think that... Wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 he wasted Omar Narvaez, who'd only lost once to a prime donaire and who was the king of one uh, fifth one uh, fifteen. He right. who he just beat the oh yeah the the one punch K, the one two KO on Piano. Oh my god! Right, but I mean, I, I think donaire he's off the chain. Donaire had been fighting at heavier weight classes. Donaire is more experienced and an overall better fighter than any of those guys. He had been uh, fighting yeah. with guys who could punch harder. And I just think he brought a certain level of experience and craft that Inouye had not faced yet in that big of a fight. And I'm not saying that he hadn't mm. – okay, so I should rephrase it. It's not that he hadn't fought anybody. He hadn't fought anybody at the level of Nonito Donaire. And you talked about the right hand. I think Donaire saw something. And, you know, he had some success at times. But, yeah, I do wonder, was that his, his last hurrah? Can Ubali look really, really good in his fight against Donaire? Uh, the only thing with Ubali is he's not nearly as explosive or powerful as Inoue. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's just a different yeah. style matchup. He's very steady Eddie, though. Yeah, yeah. We saw, I saw Ubali out, outwork and get stronger against Rache Warren, who kind of wilted and petered out. Ubali doesn't – Ubali seemed to stay in a, like, in, in a very powerful cruise control. Yeah. And ma- maintained, you know, he he maintained top form. I think the entire fight it looked like to me. He's a so strong like, guy. Oh strong guy. You, yeah. You, yeah. You got you got to you got you got to tip your hat to these little guys. Me and Mark. This is another thing me and Mark talk about all the time. You got to tip your hat to these little guys, the Chocolatitos and Nonitos, and and always these guys because they'll get in there with anybody. They don't give a shit. You know, they'll they'll they're they're down to bang, bro, and they're not always running around here. And here we're always praising the Walter weights and the heavyweights and they're not even fighting each other. They're running around here playing grab ass 
Twitter war. <laughs> meanwhile, these, <laughs> mean, 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 and having Twitter war. Meanwhile, these little guys will get in there with whoever, whenever, wherever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man. It's kind of like one of like a murderer's row. It's it's kind of like the linemen in football. Like you've got to really do some extraordinary shit to get your props. That's how I see the little weight classes in boxing. Like the linemen in football. You it's know. still ridiculous to me that Chocolatito's a hype job. That people oh say that's a hype job. It's ridiculous. It, it's the dumbest thing it's ever, the, man. I remember uh, I saw some video. This goes back a couple of years, but somebody forwarded me a video where I had Chocolatito number one pound for pound on my pound for pound list, and I had Andre Ward number two. And somebody put out a video saying that I was racist because I had Chocolatito number one and Andre Ward number two. Oh, I don't know how the hell that makes any sense because uh, I share you know more commonality with Andre Ward ethnically than than Chocolatito. But um, yeah, it, it's just, dude, <laughs> these people are nuts. And you gotta understand, though, Mark, a lot of these assholes on YouTube and everything, they didn't see Chocolatito until he fought on HBO. They didn't see him fight yeah, Estrada. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They didn't see. No, they didn't. I saw that fight because I was in L.A. Uh, that that was his first fight in California, and um, I knew right then and there. I still think that's one of the best wins of that decade. I really, really like pound for pound. That's one of the best wins of that decade because I think very highly of Estrada, and for a lot of these guys, yeah. they, they don't even know who these dudes are, man. They have no idea. Yeah, they don't. I they mean, don't. They don't know who. Uh, the, the, I, the no names. Yeah, no names mentioned. The one was called uh, Chuck Latito got beat by Pacquiao's cousin. Like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Come on. They're just, <laughs> just exposing I, their idiocy. Like, I, don't, I, 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 I don't remember Gons, when I. Go ahead, bro. Honestly, I don't see. I don't see Gons winning that Estrada rematch. By the way, you know, don't see it. What well, can I say something just to chocolate? Can I say something on that fight? Chocolatito's had a fight more recently, so if they fight next, also remember that uh, Estrada is coming off of an injury and surgery. Hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can't count that out. I wasn't thinking about that, but it just seems to me that in general, I mean, uh, Gonz's last performance against—I mean, Gonz had a hell of a moment. Against Yafai, I mean, I sure didn't expect that. And then people said, "Well, you know what? Why, why was Yafai standing and trading and not boxing?" Well, when Yafai started to stick and move, Guns just hunted him down like he was game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. that would have happened if if the fight would have done it earlier. I mean, Guns looked he looked like a, he looked like freaking uh, he looked like Golovkin in that fight, kind of like he had <laughs> taken destroy. He he looked like a, a, a it was like seek and destroy or something, man. I mean, at five foot two or whatever. He but smelled I, blood, you know, man. I, I think in huh? He smelled blood. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was like. It was. It, yeah. It was something else. I, I sure didn't expect that. I thought he'd do pretty good, but I didn't think he'd do that. But it seems to me, in general, guns peaked a good while ago, and Estrada has steadily gotten better since they fought. No, I agree with that. I think Estrada has more gas left in the tank. Guys, real quick, I have to get to a super chat from John Uden. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate it. He says, uh, if he hadn't given the Angulo fight away, do you think Anthony Sims would be getting a crack at Benavidez, or would he be seen as too risky? 
I don't know. I think he'd probably get the crack at Benavidez because who else would Benavidez fight right now? Um, I mean, what do you guys think? I, I think that uh, that's man. Sims really did blow it though. Do you remember that? When was that fight? I gotta look that up now. It's all blended together yeah, for I me. I forgot man. about that. But man, he was supposed to win that fight, and uh, there was you know a lot of excitement around him, and he just completely laid a fucking egg. God damn, that was this year, man. That was I, I thought so. January thirty. So, I don't know, man. If if Sims came out and blew Angulo away, it's possible that he wouldn't get that fight with Benavidez. But I think so. he never had uh, that that power. You know, actually, I'm looking though. He has 18 knockouts and 20 wins, but his power came against lesser opposition. I don't know. I I think that maybe he would get that Benavidez fight. And I would love that matchup. But uh, thanks for the super chat, John. I want to ask you guys, we need to talk about, we got fights tonight, man. Virgil Ortiz fighting Sammy Vargas. Uh, a lot of people were shitting on this matchup. I think it's a good matchup. I mean, all things considered where we're at, I think this is a good fight for or, for um, for Virgil Ortiz Jr. What do you guys think? Not bad, but it's not a step up. And I think that's probably why people are disappointed. Yeah, I hear you, but yeah. who could he fight right now? Uh, Blair Cobbs. <laughs> Blair Cobbs. Shit. You know, if he fought Blair Cobbs, people would be hating on that shit, too. That would, would be fun, though. Blair I mean, it's Cobbs. Kind of like, <laughs> between, uh, between, you know, gate, between gatekeepers and champs, uh, between the gatekeepers that are not as good as the ones he's already beaten and the top five, uh, there's no, I don't see anyone he can fight. Am I, am I wrong in that? Politically there's issues there. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, yeah. but people forget, man, like Virgil Ortiz, he's got 15 fights. He's, I'm just checking. He's 22 years old. So like I look at him as a contender Already, I think he's past the prospect phase, but um, he's still young. He's still developing. In Vargas, I'm just looking at his resume here. He's been in against Spence, Danny Garcia, Ali Funeka, uh, Amir Khan, Luis uh, Colazzo. So he's been in there against a lot of good fighters. And yes, he loses when he steps up. He's been stopped twice. But for Ortiz... Would you rather him not fight right now? This is his first fight of 2020. If he beats Vargas and looks great doing it, and then he steps up and fights a top 10 guy later this year, like October, November, that's solid, man. I can live with that. I don't know why people are shitting on this. Yeah. At, at first, first period. At, at first, I was, uh, I was like, oh, this, this fight don't do nothing for me. But the kid's young. Let him get in there that like you say sam vargas has been in there with a lot of people let the kid get stay active and get in there and have a you know and stay busy stay busy fight against the guy who's been in there with some names so that's yeah that's fair enough fair enough yeah i mean this what it is yeah i i totally agree again i don't love the fight i'm not like you know i don't have a hard on over here but it's it's a good fight friday night for what it is you know um and let's see how he looks you know if ortiz blows this guy out you know let me let me pull up his record here let me see 
I want to see because I know Vargas has been stopped, but I want like what rounds? Uh, so Danny Garcia knocked him out in the seventh. Spence blew him out in four rounds. Okay, so yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say Spence is four or five. I remember. Yeah, that was at Barclays. So yeah, so like if if Vargas goes more than four or five rounds, then people are gonna start making comparisons between Ortiz and Spence whether that's fair or not. So there is some pressure on Ortiz to get that blowout kind of win tonight. You know what I'm saying? I expect it. Don't you guys? I think so. I, Yeah, I think they'll get him out of there. What round, I couldn't tell you, but I think they'll get him out of there. I don't think yeah, it goes I, six. I don't think it's just the power. I think it's the in-ring. His in-ring maturity is way above his age. You know? Yeah, and he's he's got that boxer mentality, man. I think that he just he just gets it. I talked to him last year for a piece I did in Ring, and uh, Doug Fisher told me after this fight tonight to do another piece on Virgil. So I'll be talking to him probably in the next week or two to do another piece for the magazine. And when I talked to him, man, he just seemed like, man, when I was 21, 22 years old, I was a fucking moron. And he seems – I'm still half a moron. And he's, he just seems to have it together, man. So I, I just – there's a real future there. And Oscar De La Hoya needs to do better by Virgil Ortiz and treat him better because I think he could be the future of that company, man, for Golden Boy. Well, as soon as Ryan Garcia had his little, had his little uh, hissy fit, he bumped Ortiz right up there. So, hey, you know, I guess not bad. I, I tell you how I feel about Ryan Garcia, but this is the first time I'm on Mike's show, and I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to. Yeah, you know. Well, we're glad to have you on, Paisan. We're glad to have you on. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Well, shit, man. I think we hit everything, guys. Could you? Is there anything else we need to discuss, or can we get the weekend started? I think we hit every subject, man. Yeah. Yeah, let's get the weekend started. Well, thanks for having me on, Mike. It's long overdue. I'll be calling in more often, buddy. All right. All right, brother. All right. Take Thank care you for now. the excellent program. Keep up the great work, y'all. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling in, guys. Have a good weekend. And uh, let me see. Let me drop you guys off here. And then uh, everyone watching on YouTube, I appreciate all the super chats today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun. We had a bunch of different callers on. We were kind of talking over each other. Hopefully that wasn't too annoying. But uh, let's see. I'm two beers in. It's 6 o'clock p.m. So uh, me and the lady are probably going to go out to eat, have a few more cocktails, watch this uh, this fight card later on the zone. Just remember, uh, Monday over at uh, Ring, it's Ring Digital on YouTube, okay? And then the site is ringtv.com. Make sure... You guys check out the show, TNC Monday, and then the recap on ringtv.com. All right? Thank you so much, guys. Have a great weekend. I'll see you at the fights.